Hi, this is Eric Lapham. I want to welcome all of you to our weekly The Influence Show, and it is great to be with you, our listeners from all over the world. Thank you for joining me today. And uh, if you're here with me live, type into the chat. Let me know what part of the world are you joining me from. Today, it's going to be a solo show because my partner is in Florida right now. And uh, so I'm going to be doing the show. I'm excited to be with you guys. Got some golden nuggets to share with you here today. We're going to just talk about some great sales increasing ideas. So thank you all for, for joining me here today. And uh, it's great to be with you. So the the thing I want to focus on initially on, on, the, on the show is increasing sales by using sales systems. Your brain will answer virtually any question you ask yourself. When I got started in sales, I did not have a context to look for systems that I could apply to produce predictable results. So it wasn't until, it's probably when I was introduced to Dr. Moyne's ideas that I started looking for what's the pattern? What's the pattern or patterns of influence? How do I produce predictable results? And I got so into systems, I wrote my first main sales book and it's called The System. You can get that book on Amazon in Audible, Kindle, or paperback. And the title was heavily influenced by Michael Gerber. And Michael Gerber wrote the book, The E-Myth. And The E-Myth is all about applying systems for your business. So I want you to look at sales increase from a, a place of systems. And then I want to give you some different systems to think about. So one system is a marketing system. Now, Jay Abraham is my marketing mentor. And if Jay was here right now, one of the things he would say is you want to have 10 lead generation systems, online or offline lead generation systems. And a lead generation system is a form of a marketing system. So how do leads systematically come into your business? Are you running ads? <clears throat> is it referrals? Is it your existing database? Is it strategic alliances? Um, is it networking? Is it cold calling? So marketing systems. Marketing, like sales, is a learned skill. The next type of system is a social media system. So how do you use systems in social media? Another type of a system is a referral system. So I want to tell you a crazy story about a referral system that generated 10,000 referrals for me. And it doesn't even sound believable. 10,000 referrals off of one system, one idea. It wasn't even my idea. 
So back in my Tony Robbins days, what I was doing is I was traveling around the country promoting Tony's seminars. And we did it by doing speeches. So I would speak at a car dealership or an insurance office or a real estate company or a network marketing group. And so I was watching a video of a gentleman named Roger Salam, who used to do what I did for Tony. He used to travel around the country and do these little talks. So I'm watching Roger because I want to learn how did he give his presentation. So during his presentation, he did something that I'd never seen of any of my coworkers do. And I was not taught this either. In the middle of his talk, he said, I'm only in Atlanta, Georgia for a few more weeks. I'm looking for referrals of companies that I could be a guest speaker in. If you could refer me to three companies, and this could be other offices that your company has, it could be um, if you have a spouse that's in sales, any type of sales team or network marketing team, if you could refer me to three companies, I'll reward you with a Tony Robbins audio cassette. And he held up the cassette. And then he say, said, I gave you all a half sheet or a quarter sheet. It looks like this. And he held up a quarter sheet, quarter sheet, meaning a quarter sheet of paper. And it was a fill in the blank thing where you could write your referrals down. And there was a place, I think, to put four referrals on this piece of paper. And so he said, if you can help me out with three or more referrals, come see me when we're done. Bring me your referral slip and I'll give you the Tony Robbins audio cassette. And so that was the system. So I watched him do it. And at the end of his speech, people brought over the um, the order forms for the Tony Robbins seminar. And some people are turning the forms in there, getting their tickets. But some people are turning in these referral slips. And then he was giving them an audio cassette, which told me every person that gave him the referral slip that they were giving him at least three referrals. So I watched that and my brain went, Oh, that's a referral system. If I do what Roger did, I'll produce a similar result. So I went to my manager and I said, hey, I watched this recording of this guy, Roger, these referral slips, the, the, the audio cassettes. And I said, what do you think? Do you think I should do it? And he said, no. And I said, really, why? He said, I want you focused on selling the tickets and not on referrals. Thank God I didn't listen to him. He's my manager. Smart guy. Very talented guy or he wouldn't have been in the role. But I did it anyway. And I'm 10,000 10, referrals later. I used to average... 10 referrals per run appointment. So I'd go in there, 10 referrals. It was just like clockwork. And I didn't get those referrals because I was so smart. I got them because I was smart enough to model a system that was already working. My smarts wasn't the development of the system because I didn't develop the system. My smarts were modeling a system that was already working. So anytime you see something produce, see someone producing a result, say to yourself, if I do what they do, then I can produce a similar result. So what am I teaching you? I'm teaching you that referrals can be generated in a systematic way. 
And if you see somebody else in your industry that's good at referrals, find out how they're doing it and model them. When you model, you model belief and strategy. Belief is mindset, strategy is the how-to of how they did it. You can model people in your industry, but Jay Abraham taught me you can model people in other industries. What's common as dirt in one industry might be a breakthrough in your industry. So let's say you're not in retail furniture. Find out how people in retail furniture get referrals. And then you bring it into your industry. And all of a sudden that could create a breakthrough. Now, in the network marketing industry, it's very common to market nutrition, supplements, vitamins, shake mix, weight loss, right? Very common. Many, many network marketing companies, maybe even some of you watching this right now might be a part of a network marketing company that markets those products. Well, that business model is not common in real estate. The real estate model for years, as far as real estate agents, some of you might be real estate agents. Um, it's been common in the real estate industry that it's very much a local business. Real estate agents go to a local office and they're recruited by a local broker and they have a local sales manager. So there's this company called EXP and they looked at it and they said, look, network marketing for sh shake mix and supplements and health and wellness, common, common strategy, not common in real estate. So they brought that business model to real estate and it created a breakthrough. And I think based on last year's numbers, they were the fastest growing real estate organization in the world. And their, their uh, founder is worth, I don't know, 500 million to a billion, somewhere there, depending on, on the price of stock, the stock market because they're publicly traded. So what's the lesson there? They took a strategy that was not common in real estate, but it was common in other industries and they brought it in and it, ex it just absolutely exploded. Okay, next type of system, an onboarding system. So when you have a new client, new customer, do you do any kind of onboarding? I don't know if you need to, <clears throat> depends on what industry you're in, but that's something for you to take a look at is how do you onboard somebody, All right? Another type of system is the obvious, a sales presentation, a sales presentation. Um, so I did, um, let's see here, email Zoom with, is that, was that it? Uh, no, I'm thinking of something different. Okay, the, the next one, <clears throat> is an email system. How do you, do you have an email database? If you do, how do you go to your database with a group email or a one-on-one -on -one email? You meet somebody at a networking event in person or virtual and you want to follow up with them via email. What is the system? Another one is a text system. What is your text system? Do you have one? Maybe you need one, maybe you don't. Prospecting system. So my prospecting system is the way I do it 
It's a text, prospecting text, one-to-one or a one-to-one email, one-to-one phone call, one-to-one direct message over social media. And my prospecting plan, I call it a game, is 25 or more reach outs Monday through Friday. So we do the show right now. Dr. Moy and I do the show on Monday. So today's Monday. My plan is 25 or more Monday through Friday. So today my plan is 25 or more. So when I woke up this morning, I know my plan. And my intention is that I'm going to hit that number today. And I likely will. That's a system. Do you have a prospecting plan? In my experience, most people don't. That simple idea could be worth a million dollars to you. Ideas can have a financial value. So when I was younger, I used to not be an investor. If you said, Eric, are you an investor? I go, nope, not an investor. True story. And then one day I started thinking, if I'm not an investor, then where am I going to be at financially when I'm at retirement age? Well, if I'm not an investor, then I'm going to be broke. It's, It's a guaranteed formula for being broke. Unless some lucky thing happened where I inherited a bunch of money or I won the lottery or something and I don't even play the lottery. But I was on the path to be broke. And so I said, instead of saying I'm not an investor, I said, I am an investor. And my whole world changed. Ideas can have a financial value. That's a million dollar, multi-million dollar idea. It's so simple. I'm not an investor. I am an investor. You might be watching this right now and you have no vision to become a homeowner. You never thought about being a homeowner. You've always rented. Nothing wrong with that. I've rented at times in my life. Nothing wrong with renting. I rent my office space. But somebody could be watching this and their whole life they've always rented. They never thought about being a homeowner. So then they go, oh, I could become a homeowner. And then they shift their thinking. Instead of I'm not a homeowner, I'm becoming a homeowner. And they become a homeowner and they make the mortgage payment every month. And 30 years later, or they accelerate it, they pay it off faster. And now they own a home free and clear. That's worth a million dollars that they can pass to their kids. So somebody who's not a homeowner, and then they decide to get, become a homeowner, and then they they pay off their mortgage, and now they, they have a million-dollar asset. Could it be that easy? Could I make a million dollars on one idea? Yeah. You could. You know, I didn't understand this. I had a house in San Diego in 2005, and it was worth six hundred. I had $200,000 in equity and I sold it to get the cash because I couldn't believe the house went up that much. I was like in shock. Like, this is unbelievable. I'm rich. Got my $200,000 in cash and then I spent it and the money's gone and that property's worth over a million now. That was 18 years ago. I'd probably be pretty close to owning it free and clear. If I understood what I had just told you guys before about being a homeowner and, and, and paying off the mortgage, that one property would have made me a millionaire. It's wild. Simple idea. <clears throat> so back to the prospecting plan. 
if prospecting is important to you, then create a plan. And I should be able to ask you any day for the rest of your life, what's your plan? You should be able to tell me. And I should be able to tell you. And that's worth a lot of money to me. <clears throat> okay. Next idea is a time management system. So here's my system. Plan my day in writing for 14 minutes. 14 minutes is 1% of your day. If you take 24 hours and multiply 24 hours by 60 minutes, you get 1,440 minutes. 1% 1 of 1,440 minutes is 14 minutes. So you take 1% of your day, you plan your day in writing by asking and answering your time management questions. What I figured out is every day is pretty much the same, right? I get up, I have my fitness thing I do and my food thing that I do with what I'm going to eat. I got my prospecting, I got my coaching calls, I got my family stuff I'm up to, I got my emails, right? Every day is pretty much the same for me. I'm just doing what I'm doing. So if that's true, why not create a list of questions to ask yourself to plan an optimum day? So Tony Robbins has the morning questions and I think the evening questions. And it's he teaches it. Everybody asks the same questions in the morning, same questions in the evening. And I looked at that and I thought, well, my life's probably different than yours. Because maybe you're a realtor and I'm a sales trainer or you're an insurance and I'm a sales trainer or you're younger than me, or you're older than me, or you're this, right? There's differences between us. So I thought, why not create a list of questions to ask yourself to plan an optimum day? A customized list of questions. So you ask and answer those questions in 14 minutes, and then you apply the 80-20 rule to your plan. And to keep it real simple, what that means is you're going to identify your top two outcomes when completed will produce you the most value. So there's a little bit more to the plan, the system than that. And so I put all that together on a video. And if you'd like the video, just email me, eric at ericoffhome.com or text me if you have my cell phone and ask for the Influence Show bonus content. And there's some other bonus content that I'm going to offer you. You only need to text or email me one time. And if you're watching the recording of this or listening to the recording, specify May 8th because maybe it's a year from now and I won't know what content to get you. So I have my entire time management system and goal setting system in a YouTube video, which I'll send you along with the other bonus content that I'm going to send. Okay, got a few more ideas to share and then we'll wrap up. I have a sales system and it is the most powerful system that I've ever come across. Not because I invented it and I didn't seek out to invent the most powerful sales system ever created. I was just looking for what's going to help me sell better. And if somebody had created the ultimate sales system, I just use theirs. And I, I created one I think is better than anybody else's. Not as a comparison, it's just my opinion. And whether somebody's got a better system than me or not, it doesn't matter. The other day I recorded my system in a 31-minute piece of content. So 
If you just texted me or emailed me for the content, I'll send you my system too. It's 31 minutes long and it walks you through my system, which is three steps, sales model, sales mountain, sales script. And I'm not going to teach it to you right now because it would take me 31 minutes to teach you and we only have a few minutes left and I'm just giving it to you for free. And all you need to do is email or text me. If you have my cell phone, text me and otherwise email me, eric at ericlawfilm.com. And if you already asked for the time management, you don't need to ask for this, you're going to get both. But if you haven't emailed me yet, email me and I'll send it to you. So my sales model has made me a lot, a lot of money. And it is powerful. And it works and it works and it works and it works and it works. So I want to get that to you for free. All right. Got a few more ideas to share with you and then we'll wrap it up. Dr. Moyne will be back with me next week. Next idea. Let deals breathe. Let deals breathe. Okay. Sometimes somebody will contact me for whatever. They're trying to book an appointment with me. They're asking me a question. They're trying to close a sale. They start a sales process with me and I haven't said yes. Haven't said no. Haven't said yes. And I haven't even had a chance to process in my mind if I want to do it or not. Or if I want to meet with them or not, or whatever the case may be. And I haven't had a chance to process it. And then they're hitting me up with another message, another text, another email, another phone call. And then I still haven't even decided. And then they're hitting me up again. Okay. We got to let the deals breathe because here's the deal. In most cases, you are not the most important thing in your prospect's life. I'm not the most important thing in my prospect's life. I had a deal that I was following up on today. And the person said that they would get back to me on Friday. They did not get back to me on Friday. I thought, okay, I'm going to email them on Friday. Hey, today was the day you're going to get back to me. But I thought, nope, I'm going to give it the weekend. I'm going to give it Monday and Monday afternoon. If I haven't heard from them, I'm going to check in. So I sent them a check in, in uh, um, email and they just emailed me back and I haven't even read it yet because it just came in and I've been busy working. Let the deals breathe. Okay. Sometimes it takes a week to close a deal that doesn't need to take a week, but it's just, that's their time frame. Sometimes it takes a month. Sometimes it takes six months. Certain deals I'll get a read on and it, I might be six months into it and I'm just deciding in my mind, it's going to close. Just stay relaxed, Eric. Stay calm. Don't be unnecessarily urgent and just let the deal breathe. And that advice has served me over and over and over and over and over again. I'm not saying don't be urgent. I didn't say that. I want you to be urgent and I want you to be an action taker and I want you to be effective in your follow-up. But we don't want to be overly anxious and we don't want to be unnecessarily urgent because sometimes there is no urgency 
It doesn't matter if the deal closes today, tomorrow, next week, or next month. And so you guys get it. You get what let the deal breathe means. All right. Got a couple more ideas I want to share with you guys. And I'm going to give you one of my all-time favorite Dr. Moyne ideas. And it's so great to have so many of you here. We have 18 of you today. That is awesome, guys. Thank you for being here. Type into the chat. Let me know what part of the world are you joining me from. You know, when I just said let the, let the deals breathe, you might have a deal you're working on right now. And you're getting ready to follow up with them. And you're like, nope, I'm going to give it another day or two. Or I'm going to give it a week. Or whatever the case may be. This is applicable too in your personal lives. If you're having conflict with a family member, sometimes it's best just to give it a little bit of time. You know, and there is no urgency that it has to be resolved today. Because sometimes it doesn't have to be resolved today. All right. Next idea. This is the one that Dr. Boyne taught me many years ago. It's so simple. And it works and it works and it works. He said, Eric, before you deliver your sales presentation, figure out the success stories you're going to tell in the order you're going to tell them in. Figure out the success stories you're going to tell in the order that you're going to tell them in. Because nothing sells like success. <clears throat> so I want to become a recommended corporate trainer for McDonald's corporate. And I recently was hired by a McDonald's franchise owner. And so I'm going to be working with his store managers and helping with the overall success of his operation from the motivational lens that I look through. And I understand McDonald's because I worked there for three years. I'm not an expert on the inner workings, but I get it because I worked there. And I understand the mind and I understand motivation. And I understand the, the, the mindset of a McDonald's employee because I was one. So I want to go do a bang up job for him. And this is about um, this story here. It's about account development. So I have a vision for the account. So I just closed the account. Next thing I want to do is do a bang up outstanding job to maintain the account. And then I want to get referrals to other McDonald's franchise owners and then do work for them. And then I want to get referred to corporate. <clears throat> and I want to go to corporate and say, I used to be employed by McDonald's. I've been doing some training for some of your franchise owners. These are the kinds of results that I was able to produce. And I'd like to be on your list of recommended companies, recommended trainers to provide uh, coaching services for your, your stores. And that idea is the biggest opportunity that I have ever come up with to date. So we'll see how that all plays out. Well, that was created out of my imagination. And you can do this. You can do this on an account. So you can look for how you can develop an account and strategically use your imagination to build that opportunity. So I will use success stories. Once I get successful with this one account, then I can tell other McDonald's store owners, here are the results that I was able to produce for this store owner. 
And I think I could do something similar for you. And then I'll leverage those stories to McDonald's corporate. That's how I'm going to create the influence. So when you create success stories, you want to strategically insert those into your presentation. And I can't tell you how many times I've asked people, do you have good client success stories or customer success stories? And people go, yes. And they go, have you been consistently using them in your presentation in a strategic way? And they go, no. So they got the stories, but they haven't made the connection to strategically use them in their presentation. That is a million dollar idea. So yes, go get the great client stories, do great job for your customers or clients, but then get their stories so you can incorporate them in your sales presentation. Because what does an infomercial do? An infomercial, and I don't even know if they have those anymore, but back in the day, they used to run these 30 minute TV commercials and they were success stories. Every infomercial, majority of them had them, especially the ones that were successful. I got two more practical ideas for you. Then we'll wrap it up. Pipeline, I define as you've started a sales process with somebody and they haven't said yes and they haven't said no. So you've started a sales process. There's a level of interest. To me, that defines pipeline. That's what pipeline is. Your leads in your pipeline need to be organized. And I have been doing a lot of prospecting lately. Like, I've been on the best run I've ever had. I started this in February. So February, March, April, three and a half months, three months in a week, most consistent I've ever been. My pipeline is phenomenal right now, but my organization hasn't been. So I created a problem for myself. The problem I created is my pipeline's not organized. And I don't want to be hard on myself because that's a great problem to have. I prospected so much that I had to improve my organizational systems for my pipeline. So if I'm having a pipeline organizational problem, maybe you are too. So do you have a good way of keeping all your, your leads organized? And are your leads organized right now? Like if I came and visited you right now at your desk, could you show me your pipeline? And if you are unable to do that, I'm not criticizing you. I'm saying, notice this as an opportunity for you to grow because your pipeline is money. Your pipeline is money. You want to move leads into pipeline and you want to move them out, even if they say no. In other words, you're pitching to somebody and they decide, yep, I'm not going to do it. Okay, cool. Now they're out of your pipeline. So you want to be moving leads into the pipeline and then moving them out of the pipeline. And that's our job. We're moving leads into the pipeline or moving them out. We're moving them out by closing or they say no. My last idea for you is really a statement. Action is a skill set. So as a coach, I get to talk to guys, ladies and gentlemen like you, all day, every day. I'm doing one to five coaching calls on a typical day. One to five every day. One to five coaching calls, typical day, every day. And I hear things from you guys like, I'm a procrastinator. I'm inconsistent. I'm a good starter. I'm not a good finisher. 
Warner Earhart teaches. He's the guy that started Landmark Forum, which used to be Est. And he's somebody who I, I really enjoy his ideas. And when we're talking about I am inconsistent or I'm a procrastinator, what he would say is it's all made up. It's all made up. I'm a procrastinator is an idea that you made up about yourself. I take consistent action. It's an idea that I made up about myself. If you say you're consistent, you made up that idea. If you say you're inconsistent, you made up that idea. And however you view yourself, that's the idea that you're going to live into. Most important relationship in my life is my relationship with my wife. I made that up. And I live into that idea. And I have a great marriage in part because of that idea. Someone else can be married. Like my my wife was married before. And I don't think her former husband thought of her the way that I think of her. So as you're looking at your ideas, don't look at your ideas as that's the way it is. Say that's the way that you've chosen to make it up. And you could make it up different. So you could make up that you're a person of massive action. Or that you're consistent. Or you're a great starter and you're a great finisher. Or you take Fridays through the finish line. You work a full day on Friday. You work a full work week. One of the biggest challenges entrepreneurs, salespeople have is they're not working enough hours. And I want you to take a look at that right now. Let me mirror it for you. Are you working enough hours? Honestly, some of you aren't. So you live into an idea. I know I need to be working more hours, but I don't do it. You just made that up. It doesn't exist. It's, you just made it up. So you live into that idea. My idea is I work my full shift every week. I made that up. I live into that idea. I made it up because my dad's a business owner and I watched my dad go to work every day. So I just made it up. Well, I'm just going to be like my dad. It's all made up. Maybe you didn't have a dad like me that you watch go to work every day or a mom that you watch go to work every day. Okay. So you might say, well, my dad didn't go to work every day. Therefore, I don't. No, you just change it. Call me your sales coach. My sales coach goes to work every day. Therefore, I go to work every day. <clears throat> my sales coach has great work ethic. So therefore, I have great work ethic. Just create it like that. I want to tell you one last quick thing and we'll wrap it up. So I'm talking to a client recently and the client is telling me that they're hard on themselves because they're not doing enough. And the client's doing amazing. The client is truly doing amazing. And the client is being hard on themselves. And I'm like, you don't need to be hard on yourself. I said, you should be acknowledging yourself because of all the good you're doing. She was living in this idea that she wasn't doing enough. I'm like, you're one of the most motivated people. I said, you might even be my most motivated client. Of all my clients, this person I'm thinking of might be my most motivated client. If, if that person's not number one, they're in the top 10. And they're being hard on themselves because they're living in this idea they're not doing enough. And the reality is they're so exhausted because they're doing so much. Like literally there's nothing left in the tank. They're laying it all on the line, giving everything they got. 
and they have this idea they're not doing enough. And the reality is they're doing, they're just being a champion for their family and for themselves to be the best version of themselves. And they're still being hard on themselves. So I told the client, I said, I want you to be your number one cheerleader. And I said, I'm a great cheerleader and I'm a great cheerleader for you. I said, but I want you to be an even better cheerleader for yourself than I am for you. And I'm a great cheerleader. I want you all to hear that. I'm a cheerleader. I'm in every one of your corners that's listening right now. I'm in your corner. I believe in you. And I'm a cheerleader for you. I want you to be an even better cheerleader for yourself than I am for you. That's a pretty high bar. And that means you let go of being hard on yourself and you let go of negative self-talk. It doesn't increase performance. It erodes confidence. Listen to me. Being hard on yourself does not increase performance. It erodes confidence. I've never seen an ounce of evidence 